Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 17. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You comb your hair a certain way or you quote certain creeds or you have the same belief about everything alike. That's not unity. That's uniformity or conformity held together by force. And that's legalism, which leads to bondage. I personally, listen, I personally can spot uniformity or conformity. Give me five minutes with an individual. Five minutes, I can spot uniformity. It's pretty much, they tell you, you talk to a person, give me five minutes, and I can tell you what denomination that person belongs to. I can tell you, give me five minutes, I can tell you what theological persuasion they ascribe to. I can tell you their musical taste, or, you know, maybe they're a little more liturgical in their music. They like kind of high church and organs, or maybe they're, you know, a little bit more like us, praise and worship. Or maybe they're, they like more like the black gospel kind of praise and worship. Or maybe they love the choir. They want the choir, so they come, where's the choir? Y'all don't have a choir here? Where's a choir? Every now and then we have a choir, but some people, you can tell that. I can look at their hair and the way it's combed and the clothes that they're wearing and the language they're parroting. And they have a cookie cutter behavior. And you don't hear that. You don't learn that from the Bible. That's taught by man. And that is forced unity, which is actually forced uniformity. And listen to this. The only way for you to get uniformity is for it to be forced. And don't get me wrong. Uniformity is not bad. I'm not making the point that uniformity is bad. In the military, you need uniformity. Military, you've been in the military? You know, uniformity is critical in the police department, in the fire department, in various organizations. Uniformity is important. But I will tell you this, uniformity, and here's the point that I'm making and the point that Jesus is making, uniformity has no place among the people of God, has no place among the body of believers. Not uniformity, he's praying for unity, that we might be unified. Let somebody clap your hands and say amen. <laughs> Unity. Unity is different. Unity is enforced. M- Unity means people can be who they are in Christ. They can live the way that God wired them. They live the way that God made them. At the same time, they agreed to put their spiritual arms around a church culture or a vision, a doctrine, a philosophy, and there's still diversity. God wants unity in the midst of diversity. 
And this is what Jesus is praying for, unity in the midst of diversity. And that's what we have here at Calvary Chapel. We have unity in the midst of diversity. Look around. That person sitting next to you, to your left or to your right, they're not like you. We don't all look alike. Calvary Chapel is a multi-ethnic, multi-racial, multi-personality group of people. And we don't all think alike. And we don't all have the same personalities. And we don't all have the same background. And we don't all make the same amount of money. We don't all dress alike and talk alike and think alike and dance in the spirit alike. Hmm. And y'all know. Lord, I want to talk about that so bad. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I I have no problem with, and for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, people of the Pentecostal, you know, ascribe to, you know, the Pentecostal denomination, they dance in the spirit. They dance in the spirit. A church I came from, they danced in the spirit. I don't have a problem with dancing in the spirit. I really don't. If you dance in the spirit, praise the Lord, dance in the spirit, but dance in the spirit at home. (laughs) Say amen, because that's not what we do here. And if you start dancing in the spirit, then you're going to get 400 people looking at you. And that's a distraction. That's not order. That's not the Lord. So I'm not against dancing in the spirit, all things done, decent and what, saints? In order. People who are used to uniformity, they they come and talk to me all the time. They come up and they say, Pastor Rodney, uh, you know, I'm new to the church, and I was just wondering, you know, know, what's the church position on this, and what's the church position on that, and about, you know, do we we need to wear suits, and uh, is there church membership? That's a really big one. Is there church membership? I'll tell you, no, there is no church membership. Uh, if you're not a member of the body of Christ and you're not a believer, you couldn't join if you wanted to. Let's move on. Is there, uh, well, what about this? What about that? Well, uh, can, can women wear makeup? Um, you know, uh, if, if I wear red lipstick, am I going to hell? Do you know that I'm not making, y'all tell me, tell me I'm making this up. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? They will, churches will tell you if you wear red lipstick, you're going to hell. If you wear red fingernail polish, you a Jezebel. <laughs> Am I making this up? No. And I know what, what they're really asking me is they're asking me, Pastor Rodney, what is the, what is the uniform around here? I mean, can, they, they want to know, can I conform to this environment? That's what they really want to know. That's what they're really asking me. Can they conform? Listen, you don't have to conform. We understand here at Calvary Chapel that God makes everybody different. And there is only one reason, one, listen, it's not that hard. One reason we gather in this room, and that is around the cross of Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. We don't, you know, all this, well, what do I wear? And can I wear a hat? And can I wear a suit? People are not concerned with what you're wearing. Trust me, when you walk in the door, nobody's checking you out. You think you're cute. Nobody else does. Let the church say amen. Because it's not about that. Because we understand it's not about that. 
Because when you walk through these doors, we understand it's about Jesus. Our focus is on Jesus. We, we sing to Jesus. We, we lift our hands to Jesus. We worship Jesus. We read the word and we talk about Jesus. We're not concerned. We gather around the cross. And if it were not for the cross, you would not know me. Don't you understand the cross brings people together? The cross doesn't divide. The cross unifies. Jesus died for unity. He did not die for uniformity. I would not want him to die for uniformity. The military. That's uniformity. You don't want him to die for uniformity. He died for unity, that we may all be able to come together around the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's why y'all know me. And that's why I know you. And if it had not been for the cross, we probably would never, our paths would have probably never met. If it were not for the cross, you probably wouldn't want to know me. And if it weren't for the cross, I know I wouldn't want to know you. <laughs> vice versa. But the cross, y'all understand what I'm saying? Clap your hands if you get what I'm saying. The cross brings us together. We're individuals. And Jesus prayed and died for that unity, not uniformity. Unity puts freedom first. Uniformity puts order first. Unity is present when people want to. Uniformity is present when people are forced to. Unity spreads through relationships. Uniformity spreads through rules. Unity is a warm body of people. Uniformity is a cold machine, and you feel it when you walk through the church doors. Am I right about it? I've heard horror stories of people who walk into churches, and people will walk up to them and say, you know what, this is not the church for you. The church for you is down the street. Cold, because you don't fit into their uniform. You cannot conform. Why can't you conform? Why can't you fit in their uniform? Well, that's a myriad of reasons. Maybe it might be the color of your skin, because that's what this was. It was the color of their skin. And they said their church for you is down the street. So you can't conform here. You can't wear the uniform. You won't fit in here. Listen, anybody can fit in the Calvary Chapel. And everybody does fit in the Calvary Chapel. And that's why I love, 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 love about this church. Everybody. Are you feeling me? You can come here and feel comfortable. You don't, everybody, no matter what your background is, no matter what you've done, drugs, whatever, dancer, Whatever. We ain't talking about dancing with the stars either. We talking about, amen, say amen. Whatever you've done, you can fit in here because it's about Jesus and the unity that comes with knowing Jesus. Jesus is praying, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And Jesus is praying that we may be one and have the same oneness that he had with the Father. It's a oneness of holiness. He's praying that we might have a holy love or a love of holiness. When you find a group of people who are all together loving holiness, you have an amazing unity. Now, don't get me wrong. We're not talking about unity for the sake of unity. In other words, we must agree on the essentials of the Christian faith. The building blocks, the foundation of the Christian faith 
what are they? The virgin birth, the death of Jesus, the resurrection, the return of Jesus, the Trinity, the atonement, the blood of Jesus, the deity of Jesus. He was 100% man and 100% God. Those are the foundational building blocks for which Christianity rests on. And if you remove one of those blocks, the whole building comes down. These are areas that are, are essential. If you don't agree with that, we can't really walk in fellowship. The, uh, y'all feeling me? We can't walk in fellowship because we can't agree. But in the non-essentials, non-essentials, well, you know, a non-essential, baptism, baptismal regeneration. Well, there's some people believe that if you receive Jesus, that you must immediately be immersed in water. And if it doesn't happen immediately, then your salvation didn't really take. So that's why they have a baptismal in the church. Because a person receives Jesus, they immediately go back, put on the white robe, and they have a baptism service. Then pick them down and bring them up. Listen, that's a non-essential. If that's what you believe and that's, what you, that's your position, that's one thing. But that is not what the Bible says. The Bible says that if we confess Jesus with our mouth and believe on him in our heart, we shall be saved. And now if there's opportunity for you to be baptized after you make that public profession, wonderful. If not, it's okay. You're not going to go to hell if you miss the baptism and have to wait a week or two before we have a baptism. Somebody say amen. We don't have a baptismal behind the black curtain. So we can't take you down in the water. Some folks really get serious about this. They receive Jesus, they run home and get a bathtub of water. They dive in, I gotta get, gotta get that water over me. People take that serious. Well, that's a non-essential. That's an area which we can agree to disagree. It doesn't affect our salvation. Augustine said in essentials, unity, and non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. The second thing Jesus is praying for is our presence with him. Look at verse 24. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you gave me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Listen, Jesus wants us to be in heaven with him and the Father. Jesus doesn't want us in heaven so that we can get out of hell. Don't get me wrong. That's a nice Benny. Amen. But that's not the only reason. Listen, did you know? You probably never heard this before. Jesus wants you to be in heaven to behold his glory. That's what verse 24 says. Look at it again. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. Where is he? In heaven. That they may behold my glory. Jesus wants you in heaven to behold his glory that the Father had given to him. The sweet psalmist David said it like this. Psalm 27, four memory verse. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Y'all come on, read it with me. All the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. David wants to see the glory of the Lord. Do you understand? When Jesus came to earth, his glory was veiled in flesh. Many, many verses, too many to go over with you. This morning, this afternoon, but Jesus was 
veiled in flesh. Jesus put on flesh. John 1.14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the father. Romans 8.3, Philippians 2.5-7, all talk about the fact that Jesus put on flesh and veiled his glory was covered up, his full glory. I think of Exodus 33.18. Moses said, Lord, Show me your glory. And God said, Mo, there's no way you can see my face and live. But I tell you what, I'm going to make all my goodness and all my grace and all my mercy pass before you. And God, you know the story, put Moses in the cleft of the rock and put his hand over him. And God passed by and took his hand away and Moses could see his back. In other words, Moses couldn't see the full glory of God. And we can't see the full glory of God. We can't see it clearly. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 tells us this. For now we see in a mirror, what saints? Dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. On earth, we see the glory of God dimly, but in heaven, we'll see the glory of God face to face. Anybody glad about it? Anybody glad about it? Two people glad about it. In other words, you'll see the very heart and soul of Jesus. In the text, Jesus is saying, Father, I want them to see what I'm really made of. Jesus wants to fully put his glory on display. Understand, the disciples never really knew the real Lord of heaven. Huh? The disciples never really knew the real Lord of heaven. There's going to come a day. For us and them, when all veils are off and we'll see Jesus in full glory. I can't wait. First John 3, 2 and 3. Beloved, now we are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is, when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone that has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he ascended in glory. In our text, Jesus is praying that we will be with him to see that glory. And then finally, in verse 25 and 26, Jesus said, Father, I'm asking for those who know you, for those who are yours. Look at verse 25 and 26. For those who are yours, I have known you, and these have known you. And that's the basis for asking. And the basis for the petition and the basis of the blessing. Jesus said, O righteous Father, make them holy and bring them to glory. And finally, this prayer concludes with what I call the secret to Christian living. Jesus prays that the same love that the Father loved him will be in us. That is profound. That the same love that the Father loved him would be in us. And if the same love that the Father loved Jesus 
is in us, then we will not have to force unity. It will automatically happen because we just love folk who come through the doors looking for Jesus, people who come through the doors with their heads hung down because there's a problem in their life or a situation or a sickness or a cancer or people who come in looking for a change in life. But because the love of God dwells in us, the same love that dwelt in Jesus from the Father dwells in us. We now have unity that's not forced. Did you get that? Did you get that? It's a unity that's not forced. We don't force unity. Unity just happens because the love of God dwells in us. And now we have a church of people of every nation, tribe, and tongue. This, where I stand, I look out and I see what heaven looks like. You've heard me say this a thousand times. Here's a thousand one. I see that this is what heaven looks like. This is what heaven looks like. There's no white heaven. Say amen. White people say amen. I didn't hear y'all. And there's no black heaven. Black people say amen. See, I don't have a problem. You got to, y'all need to pick this up. Pastor Ryan don't have a problem with being black. I love it. (laughs) And you shouldn't have a problem being you. Because God made you just the way you are. And you should love you the way God made you the way you are. And that's why I can freely, no, freely don't even stutter. White folks say amen. I can say that, but don't even stutter. Because you should be happy. God made you who you are. And heaven is made up of every nation, tongue, and tribe, and people. So if you don't like black people in heaven, you're going to hate heaven. You're going to hate heaven. And I am going to bug you the entire time we're there. (laughs) Yes. Hallelujah. Everywhere you go, I'm going to be right there. You're going to be around the throne worshiping. <laughs> and by the time you stop swaying, I'm going to be like, hey. <laughs> you know, when you do this, you're annoying. <laughs> you're super annoying when you're like, hey. hey. <laughs> Where are you going now? I'm going with you. <laughs> You're super annoying when you do that. That's like, that's like, but that's like uh, the, the most. <laughs> if you don't like a, a, a people in heaven, you're going to hate heaven because heaven is made up of every nation, tribe, and tongue of people all around the throne singing, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb of God who was slain from the foundation of the world. You are going to hate heaven. Heaven is a place where all people who love Jesus will spend eternity. Come on, clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? Seven things. Let me give you as we close seven things. Sum up the Lord's prayer. Seven desires of chapter 17 in Jesus' prayer. First of all, preservation. Preservation, verse 12, Father, keep them. 
And then jubilation in verse 13, that they may have my joy filled in them. And then verse 15, liberation, that, that you would keep them and guard them from the evil one, free them from Satan's power. Preservation, jubilation, liberation, sanctification, verse 17, chapter 17, verse 17, memory verse, sanctify them by thy truth. Y'all looking at verse 17? Your word is truth. Fifthly, unification. We just read in verse 21 that they may all be one as Jesus and the Father are one. Association, number six. Verse 24, that they may be with me where I am forever. Preservation, tribulation, liberation, sanctification, unification, association, and then finally, glorification. Glorification in verse 24, that they may behold my glory. Seven desires of Jesus in his prayer for himself, for his disciples, and finally, for all believers. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.